Welcome to The Table. I'm your host, Jeff Harpole. Today we're talking about an American phenomenon. I suppose it's been around for a long time, but this is an affliction of the affluent countries, and it has to do with consumption. And I suppose that we're all guilty of it, but there is some biblical narrative that addresses this issue of consumption. And when there is complete consumption of everything, life, it means that there are no margins. So let's pay special attention at the table today because this might cut to the core. And I I know that that it does affect me Um, and so many people that I lead. And in fact, if you're a leader today and you're listening, then uh, this is a pivotal moment for you and for those that, that are following you. If you look at the book of Ruth, uh, there's an interesting thing that's happening. I won't delineate all of that. I'll save it for another day. But just specifically in the second chapter of Ruth, um, we have a couple of, of main characters here. Um, the first is Naomi. She has now come back home from living in Moab, She's brought her daughter-in-law, Ruth, with her, uh, the namesake of the book. And then, of course, Boaz, who will become the kinsman redeemer. This has um, implications of Jesus Christ, um, likenesses of our kinsman redeemer. But today I want to talk about corners, um, corners. So if you're taking a note or a mental note, I want us to talk about corners. There's there's a um, a scene that's taking place, and it's a it's a common scene. It was not out of the ordinary, and so what's happened is that Naomi has brought Ruth back to, of course, the people of God, and she doesn't have everything that she had when she left. In fact, um, her husband uh, moved her to Moab, and when he moved her to Moab. They were there to work, to find jobs, and and uh, they wanted to go somewhere where the economy was a little better, I suppose, at the time. But of course, her husband, her sons have passed away, and uh, Ruth has come back with her. So they're in need of food, and in the second chapter of Ruth, this is what they're doing. They're walking behind the reapers, and they're picking up what is left um, on the ground or what has not been reaped. Um, wheat and grain um, has been left. And, and in fact, it was left purposely. Now, we don't have to assume this because this is in the law of God, and I'm going to just read it a little bit too. This comes from uh, the book of Leviticus. In fact, this was a commandment of God in Leviticus 23 and 22. So Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22. I'm reading from uh, a little bit of expanded version here. God said, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters dropped. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. So uh, that's where we get the corners from. So in the harvest, God did not want them to consume everything that was in the field. He said, listen, leave the edges, leave the corners. If you drop something, 
don't go back and pick it up and consume everything. But there are people that are going to be behind you and they need uh, food also. So this was the compassion of the Lord. And of course he did institute that because um, people are by nature very greedy. We can be very greedy. And so the Lord was setting this as a precedent. Well, when you get to the book of Ruth, Naomi and Ruth have come back home and this is what they're doing. They're picking up what is left behind and they're reaping or they're harvesting in the corners of the field. Of course, the field belongs to Boaz. So during that function and, and as they're doing that, they're finding um, sustenance and, and food. In fact, they're living off of the corners and what is left behind. Now, had the reapers um, taken all the grain from the field, then perhaps Naomi and Ruth would have moved on to some other field, and we may not have known the story, or perhaps Boaz would not have been included. We, knew, we do know that Boaz was the kinsman redeemer for uh, Ruth, but he wasn't the closest one. There was another man in between him uh, and her. So we'll, we'll get to that in, in, uh, in subsequent um, conversations at the table. But just for today, just note that the reason why Naomi and Ruth stayed in the field of Boaz is because they found food. It's very pragmatic. It's very natural. Um, you might not find it, you know, incredibly spiritual, but they were hungry. They didn't have anything. And, of course, Boaz found out who they were and, and, and he was, he was uh, having the workers even drop more uh, bundles of grain and sheaves. Now, incredibly enough, we're going to find out that the lineage of Jesus Christ is going to be included. All of you Bible scholars know, know this, that Boaz and Ruth had a baby boy named Obed, and Obed had a son named Jesse, and Jesse had a son named David. So I'm just going to tell you, just as a little phrase here, if you can remember, there is a king in the corner. When you don't consume everything, you leave room for God also to operate. Uh, one of the great problems that we have is that we consume our time. We're consuming everything that we find, and we have very little margins. I, I have a Bible in front of me, and um, this is a pretty good Bible, um, and it has a, a lot of wording from side to side. I've got another Bible whose mar it, its margins are much greater and it gives me room to write. One of my Bibles, however, the, the wording is from edge to edge. There are no margins. There are no corners. And this is really something that's happening to us. It's hurting us because we have no downtime. We have no time to meditate, to think about the Lord. Do you know that when you're praying, prayer is not just a one-way communication with God. Prayer is also when you're listening to God. So you're praying, and it's okay to pause and think about him, maybe even close your eyes in prayer. But if you don't have any margins, if you don't have any time, then you're going to rush through your prayer time, and you're talking the whole time. If you don't have any margins, you're not going to relax. You're not going to be in, in a place where you can relax and you can think for yourself. And, and 
when you're consuming everything, when you're in consumption mode, what happens to you is that uh, you become very stressed and, and you have great anxiety. And these are the elements of, of, a, of a society that um, sees something and, and they, they want it. And it's a constant, nonstop pursuit. Um, years ago, we talked about the throwaway um, cup, that, that red solo cup. We have become an instant gratification. It, the word is called hedonism. It means instant gratification or the desire to be gratified instantly. There's almost no delayed gratification. Now, that wasn't always the case in America. In fact, the first credit card was a credit card that you could use for Montgomery Ward. That's an old store. They're, they're, they've been out of business for long, probably longer than I've been alive. But if you needed a washer and a dryer, you could put it on a credit card. It wasn't probably called that, but it was on a credit. And so those were very specific items. Of course, now rush ahead, run ahead decades later, and no one is waiting for anything. We're not waiting for a, a, a better uh, life. We want it now. We're not waiting to save anything because we are in constant pursuit to fulfill our wants. We, we want a lot of things. And when we get in that mode, it affects our walk with God. It affects um, our expectations of people. Uh, let, let's talk about the latter first. I want all of my children to grow up. I wanted them to grow up a little bit faster than they did. I wanted to grow up a little bit faster than I did. But my expectation had to match their individuality. And it's a hard thing for people to be pressed into a mold. So sometimes we expect things of people, they're not capable of performing. And so we want, we have an expectation that they would do something immediately. When, when someone comes to the Lord, it is a light to them. And if they've been walking in darkness for a long time, it's very blinding. If you're a soul winner and, and you're a Bible study teacher and you win people to the Lord, then you'll understand what I'm about to say. We've made many trips to the Goodwill and resale shops because when someone comes from the world, they feel very uncomfortable at church because they don't, they don't have a church wardrobe. Many of us have been working on a church wardrobe for decades and we've thrown away more church clothes um, than most of, of our society has ever purchased. So it takes time. And, and if you don't leave room and, and you have these expectations, then they're unrealistic expectations. I would even say that we've, that we've made it very difficult for people to live up to, to our Pentecostal expectations because we haven't given them room to mature. And, uh, and then at the same time, we have an expectation of God that the Lord would answer us right away. Well, that doesn't always work. God doesn't always work on our timetable. In fact, I'll submit that the Lord never works with our timetable or in our time frame. But we, we struggle because our American culture offers nothing but an instant cup of coffee. 
and people get very angry if their food is not prepared uh, fast enough. There was a little research done about fast food drive through restaurants, uh, Burger King, McDonald's, uh, 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 maybe Taco Bell. I, I don't even think that you have to have actual meat at Taco Bell. I think it has to look like meat, maybe. There's allowances for foreign substances in Taco Bell. I, I don't go there, but some of you that are listening, you're, you're already offended because I'm talking bad about Taco Bell. But um, so, <laughs> but the study was was given that if the food doesn't come out, I think it was a minute and a half, if the food doesn't come out in 90 seconds, let's use that 90 seconds. It was something like that. People become very angry. They're, I mean, you're talking about your dinner. You're talking about food. I mean, where are we going to go where food comes out and we call it healthy? Well, we know it's not healthy, but we're angry if, that, if that's not done instantaneously. So you pray and the Lord doesn't answer your prayer. And then you pray again and the Lord doesn't answer your prayer. Uh, and how many times have you prayed for that? And then you get discouraged. Why? Why, why are you discouraged? Because you want something right now. So in this consumption mentality, because we've nef- left no corners, nef- we've left no margin, in the consumption mentality, we, we want uh, uh, everything all the time, and we leave nothing behind. Now, when it comes to offerings and money and budgets, one of the reasons why people have uh, a difficulty supporting missionaries is because they've used all their money on media and um, and entertainment and clothing and restaurants, and they're consuming more than they're bringing in. But I would submit to you that when we leave something um, and we give that something away, that there is a blessing. What would have happened if, if Boaz would have not followed the law of Leviticus chapter 23? And what if he'd have been the man that consumed everything? Well, perhaps there's two women that would not have graced his field, but because he followed that custom, that law, to leave something behind, don't pick up everything. Don't take everything for yourself. It culminated multiple generations later, four generations later, there's a king that came. And that king came from the union that, that occurred. It occurred in that field where a young lady, um, her name was Ruth, a Moabite, will marry one of the sons of God, one of these great men of God, Boaz, a, a man of wealth. And he had enough money. He had enough, he had enough, enough fields, but still he followed the law. And so I, I would say to all of us, be very careful before you consume every day, all the time, and you have no downtime, you have no giving time, you have no time to serve, um, no time to meditate, and, and you become just a consumer. If you become a consumer only, because we're all going to consume something, but if you become a consumer only, it means that either you're giving out all the time, like preachers and teachers and evangelists. I'm concerned about full-time evangelists and preachers teachers that travel full-time 
they have no no reprieve and they have no downtime and if you're listening to this I want you to know you need to pause and go to a church service that that uh, that you're not responsible for go to a go to a, a Sunday service where you can be a participant and you don't have to create the the service schedule or a sermon it's good for you um, and if if you're only consuming everything, if that's all you're going to be as a consumer, chances are you'll become selfish and covetous, and and you'll think of you'll think of only you, and you'll miss the opportunity to develop someone in your life, or develop something in your life. Our missionaries are desperate to to have people that will support them, that haven't used their entire paycheck and all their savings and all their money just on themselves. And so I, I, I caution all of us because this is the nature of the American society and it, it can work against, and it does work against the calling of God. It works against the scripture and there's got to be a time. We, we need to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Of course, our Sabbath our time of worship is Sunday because Jesus was resurrected on Sunday. I remember growing up in a day when when all the businesses and closed down on Wednesday and because all the churches had Bible studies on Wednesday and restaurants didn't open up on Sunday morning and businesses and they weren't open up on Sunday. But now there's a seven day a week, every hour of the day business and we're not giving God his time. So think about the margins and what have you left in the corners of your life that someone will be blessed and benefited. There's, there's, there's got to be a table conversation where we gather around, have a very uh, straight heart-to-heart talk with one another, our families, our, our spouse, our children. What are we giving to God? Uh, does all this belong to us or can we give something extra to the Lord? Thanks for coming to the table, and there's so much more to come.